This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm sorry I was not with you yesterday, which was Monday. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I had a, a really fun Saturday, and where I live at, it was warm but not warm, but I attempted to go to the beach along with my girlfriend, where I laid for several hours, not realizing that because it wasn't so hot that I was getting fried to a crisp. It looked like a piece of fried chicken. So yesterday, I could barely get out of bed. That being said, I missed Monday's show, so I decided to make it up today. So welcome to Telegraph Local's new podcast, Unredacted, where we take breaking news stories around the world and in our neighborhoods, and we talk about them. Now, this show does have opinion with it, whereas TelegraphLocal.com is opinion-free news. We started this podcast so we could talk more in-depth about the stories away from the TelegraphLocal.com platform into a, a show variety that you can listen to and maybe get uh, uh, more knowledge, a little more in-depth. Today's show is really good. Um, we're going to talk about coronavirus. What we were told, what we know now, which obviously are two completely different things, which caused a lot of destruction, a lot of despair in the country and really around the world financially to a lot of people. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go into detail on that. We're also going to go into detail today on defunding the police movement, what that really means. What does defunding the police mean? Those who are pushing for it, um, those who are allied with it, what they expect to get from it. We'll go into, unfortunately, a, a topic that all of us hate to discuss which is racism because, well, it's a thing. Racism does exist. And we need to kind of understand why it exists, where it comes from, and what we can do moving forward to, to try as best as possible to eradicate it. Will, uh, will it ever be eradicated? Unfortunately, no. We have 350 million people in this country. There's 350 million individual minds, and there's always going to be a reason for somebody somewhere to not like somebody else for something. So this, 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 uh, this faux reality that we have thinking that we are going to – disseminate, totally get rid of, will never, ever, ever be around, it's just, it's, it's just a dumb way to think. Is it, is it positive to think that racism could be totally eradicated? Sure it is. Sure it is. Very positive thing, and we should thrive towards that. But let's, let's be realistic. Let's just talk about the reality of life, and it sucks to say it, but will we ever 110% get away, get from racism? Like we can invent some type of drug to, to inject people to keep them from being racist. And that falls on all sides of the fence. I have never agreed with this whole theory that only white people can be racist. I don't agree with that. I think any color can be racist. Racism falls on any time you just like another group of people because of their color, regardless of your color and regardless of their color, it's racist. There's no real other way to, to, to look at that and say that isn't true. You can't say, oh, well, the, racism only exists between when white people are racist to other people. That's just, that's, that's just ludicrous to think that way. I'm going to go ahead and get into the, story, the show today. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to cover, so I'm going to try to get through this as best as possible. So I did a bunch of research on coronavirus over the weekend, right? 
when we do these shows, I want to make sure we get the actual research in and the facts in. So when we present it to you, you then have the real facts, the real information in front of you in order to to decide for yourself and to talk to other people or or to do nothing. I, I don't really care. This, you know, we, we didn't start this podcast to change the world. We started the podcast to make sure we had another avenue of yet getting out factual information at the same time talking about it and being able to go more in detail and pull away from just facts and go into some opinion as well. Coronavirus is funny. Now, we were told, remember a few months ago, we were told so many things. I'm going to give you the top 10 things we were told about coronavirus. Number one, we were told that if you do not stay home, this would be a repeat of the 1918 flu that killed millions. Number two, we were told that we could gather, we, we were told that we could gather, we could not gather in mass groups because we would spread the virus to others. Number three, we were told that staying home would ensure that the spread would stop or slow dramatically. Number four, we were told that we could not see friends and family in person. Number five, we were told that we could not go to funerals in mass. That one really frustrates me because I know someone who passed away, someone who I cared about very deeply, that I couldn't go to their funeral. Really frustrating on that one. Uh, we were told, number, number six, we were told not to go to parks and beaches. In fact, many cities and towns closed their parks and beaches, although they told us we could go outside, exercise, and walk our dogs. Like passing someone on the sidewalk was less dangerous than being on the beach far away from people. We were told we couldn't do this because we'd spread the virus to others. We would spread the virus to others, which is something none of us wanted to do. No rational human being wants to get someone else sick. We were told not to go to the hospital if we felt sick unless you had clear symptoms of coronavirus. But all other elected surgeries were postponed. Now, what that did was that created a place where people felt who had real symptoms of other things, cancers, uh, illnesses, HIV, uh, maybe even uh, that needed to have real attention, have stitches put on. This convinced other people that although it wasn't said, it was convinced, they were convinced that they shouldn't go because they didn't want to catch coronavirus. So the hospitals pretty much cleared out. We were told that we could not buy paint. Of all the crazy things, we couldn't buy paint. We were told that we could not attend religious services. We were also told that asymptomatic people would spread this to others. In fact, it was a very real concern that we would spread it to others. In other words, remember all the hoopla about, oh, don't go to young people, don't go around your friends, because even though you guys may not catch it, you may take it home and give it to your elders, your brothers and sisters, your mothers, fathers, grandparents, great-grandparents, and you would kill them. So all these things we were told, we were virtually told to stay at home. Don't interact with anyone. Don't go anywhere. Go outside to walk your dog and to get exercise, but stay far away from people. We were also told that masks would not be a good thing to do. The reason being was simple. They felt that if we wore masks, which we were told other than anything other than an N95 mask would or higher, would not protect us from giving the virus or getting the virus. We were told not to wear a mask because the, the general public and the government said, and the medical professionals, by the way, the same medical professionals that have been giving advice to several administrations, not just this one, told us that we may 
forget about the virus altogether, think we're protected, and stand closer to people. Therefore, it's giving more people the virus. That's what we were told. Essential businesses could stay open, though. You can still buy liquor and lottery tickets, but you cannot go to AA meetings. You can still buy lottery tickets, a form of legalized gambling, but gambling addicts cannot go to Gamblers Anonymous. Why? Because all these activities still did one thing, one important thing for the federal and local governments. They still provided sales tax to those state and local governments. I'm going to add, too, as much as some people don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. It's factual. Most of these major cities where these rules were implemented are run by Democratic mayors and governors. Then George Floyd, the George Floyd protests and riots happened. People began to gather in mass with or, with or without masks. When the local governments realized that the people were not going to abide by their rules, they decided to join the fray and support the same mass gatherings that they fought so hard to implement. You see, it was only beneficial to them when they were able to convince the general public that they were right, that they knew best. It was a matter of power. When the general public decided to revolt, in this instance, over the criminal murder by police over George Floyd, those same elected local leaders not just backed them, but joined them in the same mass gatherings where just weeks earlier they swore would bring certain death. Now we hear the following from those same elected leaders. One, wearing a mask does, in fact, work. Two, that by staying six feet apart and treating each other as though everyone has the virus works. Yet they did not abide by this rule themselves at any point in the last two months. Democrat Governor Ralph Northam in Virginia, you remember, a year ago, he was blackface. Of course, he's, you know, he, he admitted to it and then vehemently denied it, which was promptly just steam plowed over by local leaders convincing their voting, their voting people, their voting congregate that it really wasn't him. Now, I hate to say if this would have been Donald Trump that came out in a blackface, they would have burnt the White House down, which they almost did last week. So Governor Northam, who was blackface a year ago, in case anyone forgot about that, the Democrat governor, was seen greeting people on beaches without a mask and without being six feet apart. Number three, we are now told that asymptomatic people do not spread the virus easy. In fact, science seems to back this up. After all the protests, many still going to hundreds of thousands of people across the country, not abiding by the rules set forth a few months ago, seem to be fine. The virus did not have a mass outbreak due to close contact. Number five, we are now told that close contact really doesn't spread the virus, that it is primarily spread by the coughers and the sneezers, the super spreaders, if you will. Number six, we now know that more than 95% of people who get this virus recover. I'll go even further than that. A study came out today done by data provided by 23andMe, 23andMe is the company where you swab your mouth and send it in and it sends you back all types of history of you and your family. 
It's really good. I haven't done it yet. I'd like to do it, and I probably will in, in, in the near future. They, they, there's, from this data, there's been an ongoing genetic study of COVID-19, and this appears to lend more evidence for the importance of a person's blood type determined by the ABO gene and differences in susceptibility to the virus. Now, this was posted on the company's blog post earlier today. But more specifically, type O blood may be protective against a novel virus. In fact, early results indicate that people with type O blood are between 9 and 18% less likely to test positive for COVID-19 when compared to other blood types. These findings hold when adjusted for age, sex, body mass index, and ethnicity. This company noted this, adding that there appeared to be little differences in susceptibility among other blood types. So now, number seven, which we'll add today, I guess this is number seven, we now know that if you're type O, now this data was collected using 750,000 samples. So this wasn't something collected by using, by pulling 10 people into a room. 750,000 samples, we now know that there's a very real, very real possibility that if you're type O, you have a 12 to 18% less chance of contacting type o or coronavirus, 12 to 18% less chance. So I guess my question is, why do we continue to believe the same people that have caused mass unemployment, mass depression, mass alcoholism, mass financial problems, massive health problems due to regular everyday people not going to the hospital for everyday health problems? I mean, what I'm getting at is what does it take for a population to wake up? You should be asking yourself this question. Most people now know that what we were told in the beginning wasn't true. And it wasn't brought to light until the protests, the recent protest of Mr. Floyd. So my question, too, is had those protests not happened, how much longer would this charade be carried on? See, the protests – it was good and bad. It was horrible that George Floyd died the way he does. And no normal person thinks anything different. And that's horrible. The good news is I think we're going to have a lot of police reform from it, which has been needed for a long time. Another good thing is that I think we realize how big of a scam, how big of a hoax this lockdown over coronavirus was. People lost everything to this, everything. There are people that will never recover financially that they will never recover health-wise. We know we're going to have more suicides from this. We now know that we're going to have more alcoholics from this, more heavy drug users. All of this over what's panned out now a couple months later, pretty much a complete hook. We didn't need to shut down for this. We could have easily set parameters. If you are part of the vulnerable population, if you're over the age 60 and you have, or you have outlying health conditions, stay home, quarantine yourself. Most adults can do that. Most adults understand exactly what that means. Those directions are not hard to understand. So if they're young and healthy, could have stayed at work. We could have taken precautions as everyone started wearing masks, which we now know work. We could have taken precautions as pulling desks six feet apart or making sure our workspace area was, was planted six foot apart from other people. We could have done this, and the economy could have still been running. We wouldn't be having mass unemployment, mass depression, mass alcoholism, mass financial problems, massive health issues, mass drug problems. 
We literally said pe- people were getting tickets for drive-through church in their parking lot. They were sitting in their cars in the parking lots of churches with their windows up, and we're getting tickets for this. Think about how absolutely pathetic that is. I don't. I'm not a big religious guy. I don't go to church services. I was raised Catholic. I know. I'm no longer. Really, I, I no longer attach myself to any religious group whatsoever. And I have the right to do that. That may upset some others. That may not. But that's my personal preference. That's my, my choice, and that's my right. I'm, I'm afforded that right, and, and that's the choice I made. However, I respect the symbolism of churches. I respect what churches do good. I respect that people have the right to go to church. And all of this literally over a scam. And I want you guys to think about that when it comes to election season. These are the people that you elected into office. These are your local and state leaders. Think about whatever state you live in and whatever parameters are put on you for this lockdown. If you think they were overbearing and ridiculous, you should look to your state and local leaders and decide at the polls whether you still want those same leaders representing you going into another two or another four years. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we are going to be back, and we're going to talk about this whole defund the police movement. This is a, a pretty big topic and a pretty scary topic, and I think it needs to be covered, and I think you need the right information in order to do so. We'll be right back in about 60 seconds. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. All right, guys, welcome back. We just had a quick commercial break. You are listening to TelegraphLocal.com, new podcast, Unredacted. I want to take a quick second and thank all the listeners out there. We're going on our third week, and we already have over 170,000 downloads and listens to this podcast. We've had a tremendous welcome to the podcast world and to people who want real facts and real news with, you know, some opinion after the facts come out. So thank you very much. Our staff and I greatly appreciate it, and we thank you so much. So um, the last, the first 15 minutes, we talked about going through the coronavirus and what we were told from the beginning and what it actually turned out to be, how much we were kind of lied to. We were kind of screwed over. 
and it costs a lot of people a lot of things. And I can't stress the importance that you should look at whatever state you're in and your local and state government, those who enacted these guidelines, and most went way overboard with enacting these guidelines. Ask yourself, do you really want these people representing you again? Ask yourself what party they're in. Maybe start rethinking a few things. Anyway, I'm going to go into this defund the police movement. As you know, the last few days, uh, well, longer than a few days, last week or two, this, this whole defund the police movement has popped up, been pushed hard with Black Lives Matter. Um, they really, really want to see this happen. And it's been pushed. And it's getting serious. It's getting to the point to where people are starting to back this. City governments are starting to back defunding the police department. Getting rid of it altogether. Now, people argue, oh, that's not, not that what, that's not what that means. But that's not true because if you listen to what, have been, what has been said up until this point, that's exactly what that means. It means they want to get rid of police departments and have some type of community outreach for crime. But what does defunding the police actually mean? So we're all clear when we hear that phrase, what we can associate that phrase with, the definition of that phrase. Defunding the police means exactly what it says, removing all funding, all funding to the police departments, rendering them useless and inoperable by means of financial restriction. How many cops will do their job without getting paid? How many police officers would do what they do on a regular basis knowing there was no way for them to provide, to provide for themselves or their families at the end of the day. Could we have a volunteer police force? No, I doubt that. No. And it's simply because there would be no way to even provide the basic necessities that police department needs in order to do its job, which is protecting the general public. Make no mistake, police departments are needed. They're a necessary evil in my book, and I've said that before on the show, but they're needed and they're wanted. And good cops are respected, and there's a lot of good cops out there. This idea sounds like a lunatic thought it up. It sounds like an angry child who is throwing a temper tantrum because they cannot get away with doing something crazy that a rational adult, rational adult, understands would be very bad for them. My question is where are the adults in the room? Where are the people standing up on both sides of the aisle and declaring this nothing more than stupid and idiotic idea? The stupid and idiotic idea that it is. It's nuts. It's, it's crazy to think that we should defund the police department. And you should look closely at the people who are making these claims and wanting this. Look at them. Hear them. Listen to them. Connect the dots. Here's some facts for you. There are more than 800,000 police officers in this country. 800,000. Out of that 800,000, last year, there were a total of nine police killings of black Americans. Out of those, six were deemed legal killings. The other three were prosecuted because of their crime. Now, we can argue what's deemed legal and what's not, and that's fine. That could be on another podcast, another episode, another one of these shows. We can go through that bit by bit. I'll pull whatever facts we need to get to, get, get to the bottom. Send me an email. Hell, I got plenty of emails from the listeners already. So... Send me an email on what you'd like us to talk about. I'd be more than happy to talk about it. Also, we're going to have some really good um, guest interviews coming up here in the near future as well, so stay tuned for that. But if you, if there's something you want to ask me, shoot me an email. My email is right on the website, telegraphlocal.com. 
Go to staff directory. I'm right at the top. You can email me directly because I will look at it. I will research it. We'll get to the bottom of it. And, and it doesn't matter what the facts are. The facts are the facts. And if they're good or if they're bad, we'll cover it. We'll talk about it. Number three, out of nine killings of black, Af- black Americans by over 800,000 police officers, there was a total of 7,104 black Americans killed by other non-black police. Let me rephrase that. By, yet there was a total of 7,104 black Americans killed by other non-police black Americans last year. 7,104 black Americans were killed by other non-police black Americans last year compared to the nine black Americans that were killed by police last year. Let that sink in for a second. Yesterday alone in Chicago, yesterday, there were 18 murders, most of black Americans, none at the hands of police officers. It was the single largest day of murders and homicides in Chicago history. Where's the outcry? Where are Black Lives Matter when it comes to their own people in their own neighborhoods? That's a serious question, and it deserves a serious answer. It deserves serious thought. Many of the country's cities, mainly inner-city black neighborhoods, were looted and burned to the ground because of George Floyd. Make no mistake, the murder of George Floyd was an absolute travesty of justice, and justice is being carried out. It's being served as we speak. Charges have been upgraded. All those officers are arrested. They're all up in jail right now. All of them. And they're all going to go to trial. And they're all going to have their day in court, and so will you. And the jury will decide. No one deserves to die like that. And nearly every American, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, etc., agrees that it was wrong and supports the prosecution and supports the protest, I might add, not the riots and looting, the protest. I don't know anyone who doesn't support it. For the last – I want you to think about what I'm getting ready to say to you because this is important. The next 10 minutes of this show is really important. So hear what I'm saying. For the last 50 years, most large cities have been controlled by Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, yet they have made no real attempts to do the exact same things they are saying they're going to do now at any time. At any time in the last 50 years have they done this. But they keep staying in office. Why is this? You should ask yourself this very question. Why? Why do you continue to elect the same officials that have repeatedly done absolutely nothing for the black inner city boys and girls and men and women. These, are, these local and state officials are elected officials. Why don't you unelect them and try something new? You control this, not them. You control the ability to bring the prosperity to your own towns and cities. These local and state governments for the last 50 years have been controlling prosperity. They're the ones who get the funds. They're the ones who get the tax money. They're the ones who decide where it goes. They're the ones who decide what laws, local and state laws, need to be passed. They're the ones who control the police departments. It's funny how the police department wasn't wasn't a a huge issue, wasn't worth changing, wasn't worth it for the police until now, until the general public finally starts figuring it out, and they start rising up, and they start protesting, and they start looting and rioting, and they start calling names out on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, 
which is a big difference from what they were doing 10 years ago. Here's the irony. About 50 years ago, Democrat President Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1963 said, and I quote, these Negroes, they're getting pretty uppity these days, and that's a problem for us since they've got something now they've never had before. The political pull to back up their uppityness. Now, we've got to do something about this. We've got to give them a little something, just enough to quiet them down, not enough to make a difference. I'll have them, and I'm not going to say the word. It begins with an N, blank, 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 blank. Voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Okay, you can Google this. It's there. It's an actual voice recording. I heard it myself before this show, and I was going to play the voice recording. The problem is I couldn't because it pertains the N-word, and it's set out. And I'm not going to put that on the show. We're not doing that. But you can Google it. It's there. It's also on YouTube. It's, it's on tons of places. Now, there's some argument to it, but when you hear the audio, you can't mistake that. You can't replace it. It was said. This was said by Lyndon Baines Johnson, a Democrat president in 1963. What was happening in the 50s and 60s? Civil rights movement. In other words, the ability to vote. The ability to do all kinds of things. To be able to sit at lunch counters with whites. And to do a myriad of other things, which would take an hour to go through. And I'm not going to clog the show up with that. You can obviously find that online. You can look, guys, a lot of this stuff, uh, I take that back. Everything I'm stating can be found on telegraphlocal.com. It can also be found on the internet. You know, we, we dig through a lot of information to find the things we bring you. Some of it's readily available and easy to find. Some of it we have to actually dig through. We have to go through statistics and, and data and so on and so forth. But the vast majority of this can be found on telegraphlocal.com. And it can be found on the internet if you look far enough. I want to say this because I want you to understand why I'm going into this whole Democrat-Republican debate. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. The guy who freed the slaves was a Republican. Those who opposed slavery and fought and died to end it were Republican. Hundreds of thousands of them were white people, most Republican. The Democrat Party were the ones that enacted Jim Crow laws. The Democrat Party was responsible for creating slavery. The Clinton administration that coined the term super predator put more black people in prison than any other American president. I'm going to run a soundbite for you. I hope you can hear the soundbite, but listen carefully to it. Take these people on. They are often connected to big drug cartels. They are not just gangs of kids anymore. They are often the kinds of kids that are called super predators. No conscience, no empathy. Hopefully, you're able to hear that clearly. We're just uh, experimenting with bringing, uploading specific types down. But that was for Clinton, by the way, that, that said that. The Democrat Party invented the KKK. From the 1960s until now, single motherhood in the black community rose from 22% to over 70% today. Public service programs made black Americans more reliant on the state, replacing the nuclear family with a monthly check and free housing. 13% of the population in inner cities is responsible for more than 50% of violent crime. These are facts. Like them or don't like them, these are actual facts. In order to hide these facts, from the black community, the Democrats invented something called victimhood mentality. The victimhood mentality. You've heard a lot about victimhood these days, right? Heard a lot about it. This is an attempt to persuade black people that their misery is due to their race and skin color. 
to guarantee the success of this, the Democrat Party connected it to what's called white privilege. This insinuates that their lack of prosperity is due to white people. Think about what I just said, and think about the links the Democrat Party has gone to for power. I want you to really think about that. Listen to that. That's real. Those are facts. Does this mean that racism does not, racism does not exist? Absolutely not. Racism does exist. I'm not trying to cover that fact up. It is a real thing, and unfortunately, due to the fact that there are around 350 million people in this country, each with individual minds, it will always exist. But you should also at least know the history of why it exists. A lot of people have been fed a lot of crap over the last 50 years, and I, I really feel that it's starting to come out. You're seeing it in the, the riots and the demonstrations. You're hearing it in people. They just booed a Democratic mayor off stage the other day because he wouldn't guarantee that he was going to fire the entire police department. That has nothing to do now with Republican or Democrat. That has to do with people are starting to see things. They're starting to figure it out. They're starting to understand it. They're starting to get it. The biggest question I will always have is why do you continue to vote for people, putting those people in office that have done absolutely nothing for you? And the history of it shows. What have you gotten? What has black American gotten from voting Democrat and their local and state governments for the last 50 years? Look at the destruction that it's caused to the nuclear family. One of the most important parts of growing up, one of the most important things that determines the health and well-being of young men and women growing up as adults into society. The reality, the real reality, and this is noted in many, many studies, is that the Trump administration policies have contribu contributed to the lowest unemployment rate for black Americans in the history of this country. And I'm not trying to prop, prop, prop up Donald Trump. I'm not a big Trump fan. But it's still a fact. Those policies have contributed to the lowest unemployment rate of black Americans in the history of this country. The go-to argument seems to be that the Democrats and Republicans have switched, like mysteriously, magically, right? In the early to mid-60s, Democrats and Republicans just flipped the switch. Now they're different, right? Now they're each other's parties. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. The truth of the matter is that they just got better at hiding it. And I think the history of inner city, mainly Democrat-run cities, still in the same shape or worse than 50 years ago is ample evidence of that. You, however, get to decide for yourself. Let's go into what would happen if the police were defunded. First of all, crime would spike overnight. In fact, it would do more than spike. You would have the same problems that New York City and Baltimore had in the 80s. Out-of-control environments, safe for no one. No one walking down the street or sleeping at night without the fear that if something happens, they would have no one to call. No one will come to your rescue. You would be at the mercy of those wanting, willing, and ready to hurt you and your family or someone you care about and their families. Does this make rational sense? As I shared with you in the last show, I was shot in the face, two bullets in the face, and died twice in the back of an ambulance due to some thugs some gangbangers robbing me and shooting me and leaving me lying in the street. I was lucky enough to be able to have enough blood and energy, I guess, uh, to stand up, walk over, and flag a cop down. That not being said, that's the type of violence you would see. The looting and destruction in New York City that you've been seeing, you would see that on an everyday basis, day in and day out, 24 hours a day. What's scary, as is, is crazy as that sounds, what is scary 
is that there's a growing number of elected officials who are willing to back it. U.S. Representative Ian Omar, a Democrat in Minnesota, who represents Minneapolis and some surrounding suburbs, told protesters at a rally to defund the police over the weekend and that she supports the move from the city council in Minneapolis. U.S. Senator Tina Smith has just remained mum on the idea, not saying a word to quell the absolute absurdity of defunding the police department. Representative Carlos Mariani, a Democrat from St. Paul, the chairman of the Minnesota House Public Safety Committee, said he's open to discussing the Minneapolis proposal during the upcoming special session. Nine members of the Minneapolis City Council on Sunday announced they intend to defund and dismantle the city's police department, not restructure it. Okay, let's be clear. The verbiage is starting to change today only because Democrat leaders have realized how crazy the idea sounds. So now they're getting to pull back. They're beginning to pull back a little bit. They want to defund the police departments, but they know if they do, they will never get elected again. Well, I take that back. Some of the the election results blow my mind in that matter. Council President Lisa Bender told CNN, and I quote, we commit to dismantling police as we know it in the city of Minneapolis and to rebuild with our community a new model of public safety that actually keeps our community safe. So she's talking about getting rid of police altogether and having some type of community involvement, some type of community activism that are going to patrol the streets at night, that are going to respond to your now void 911 calls. Lisa Bender then went on to say that calling the police was white privilege. White privilege. Calling the police was a matter of white privilege. You can't make this up. It's like, it's like black people never call the police. Only white people can call the police. It's like if you're a black person and somebody's breaking your house, you have to stop the burglary. You have to tell them, this, this, Mr. Burglar, please hang on a second. I need to run next door to my white neighbor and have him call the police because black people can't call the police because it's white privilege. It's, it's just, wow. The stupidity coming out of these people's mouths. And yet somehow they convince you to vote for them. These people can actually convince you with all this going on, to vote for them, to keep them in office. And you wonder why nothing changes. Do the police departments around the country need attention? The answer is a resounding yes. Nearly everyone agrees to police reform, more training, leaning out the troubled officer, banning things like chokeholds that, by the way, are not even allowed in police departments to begin with. I looked this up. No police department that I could find allowed chokeholds or or trained on them in their police academies. None. So what the officer did here was completely illegal to begin with. One day this will end. This will end. One day this will end, like everything else. People look back on this and what others said. Don't fold to the pressure of ridiculous ideas that make absolutely no sense. Stand up for yourself and stand up for the reality of a horrible idea, a very discerning idea. Don't be remembered as a coward because you folded the crazy ideas and crazy ideologies. Guys, you can't make this stuff up. This is where our country is right now. If it's not coronavirus, it is an impeachment that was faux. If it's not an impeachment, it's now the shooting over a, a black guy from a cop. And I, again, no one's saying it wasn't a horrible thing to do. But the reality that uh, black America is like police officers, white police officers are in police cars, or police officers in general are in police cars driving around just 
stalking out black people to shoot and kill is ridiculous. It's not true. The numbers back that up. It's absolutely not true. In fact, the numbers also back up. If you listen to the previous show, way more, way more white people get shot by police than black people. And yes, you're right. There are more white people in the country than black people. But if you look at the numbers and do the math, at worst, that makes it even. An equal number of black and white people are shot and killed by the police, all, police every year. It's simple math. Simple math. So my question is, when are you going to stop, listen to the facts, hear them, make a decision based on those facts, and change what is going on? Only we, the citizens of this country, can change this crap. And until we do, this is going to be an everyday occurrence. And I hate to break it to you. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. I can't wait that what comes up when's the election, November. I can't wait in the next, what, five months. I can't wait to hear what other big, huge, horrible thing comes up in order to dissuade this. You know, I'll give it to Joe Biden, though. Joe Biden actually agreed that defunding the police was a stupid idea. So I'm happy he did that. Because if he does become president, and there's a chance he can, obviously. This is an open election. Would he be uh, one of those people who back defunding the police? I think what needs to go on here, obviously, is that the police need to be fixed. There are some broken, some broken cops out there. But you can't say out of 800,000 cops that anywhere near all of them are bad. Most of those cops are good people. They're out there to do a job. If 800,000 police officers were bad, there would be a whole lot more shootings and killings in the street, not just nine. Think about that, nine. Anyway, guys, we're going to break off here for the day. We'll see you this week again on Thursday, not Friday, on Thursday for another show. And the next week we'll continue. We'll resume normal scheduling. I hope you really enjoyed the show. I hope you took the information I'm saying at heart and listened to it and make some decisions now, not based on emotions, but of reality, because we need more realistic people. We need more adults in the room right now. And it's scary that we are where we are because of these elected officials and the rules and laws they make and the rules and laws they claim to not make. Till then, guys, have a happy, safe Tuesday and a happy, safe hump day. We'll see you again on Thursday. Take care. In the meantime, telegraphlocal.com. Check us out. Share this podcast. Share our stories. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. We don't really use Twitter, but we have a Twitter account. And we'll talk to you soon.